we are uh, talking about the Gospel of John. Uh, if you come here, you know that we've been talking about the Gospel of John uh, every week uh, in 2019 is our goal. And uh, so today I thought we would just skip from where we are. We just finished chapter 5, but then we would look at John chapter 20, uh, verse 1 through 18. The notes that you have have the whole scripture passage for us there. Uh, this is the story of the resurrection of Jesus. And it's made more exciting for us by the fact that John, the writer, was an eyewitness to what happened there. He was an eyewitness to what we're talking about, what we're celebrating uh, today. So, uh, so I thought we'd start with a little resurrection quiz. Um, how, how would you dis define like resurrection? I mean, what, what does the idea of resurrection mean? Uh, the word itself means to raise up. Uh, it's really a very Christian word because the only person that ever experienced true resurrection was Jesus himself, right? He raised some other people from the dead. That has been a miracle that has happened. But all those people died again. They were resuscitated. They were brought to life for a period of time. Uh, uh, a couple of them in the scripture we, we know were kind of taken up into heaven like Enoch and Elijah. But the only one that lived out his life again uh, uh, without ever dying, that is Jesus Christ, our Savior. Now, uh, maybe you wonder how long was Jesus on the earth in his resurrected body? Well, uh, his, between his resurrection and his ascension. Uh, and maybe even how many people did he see during that time? Well, the scripture tells us that Jesus was alive, uh, walked around among us for 40 days after he was resurrected uh, from the grave. And how many people did he see? Uh, well, the Bible tells us that he saw over 500 people. So he kind of had a crowd like this on, Sunday, on, on a, a day when he was gathered with them. He saw the disciples. He saw a lot of different people. You know, some people think that Jesus was resurrected. He saw a few people kind of around the, um, the graveyard there, and then he went back to heaven. But it's not true. He saw tons of people. It is incredible eyewitnesses uh, to what happened. One of the people that he saw was uh, Mary Magdalene. Uh, we see her. He appeared to a couple of women in Matthew 28. Later in the day, he appeared to Peter when he was by himself, the Peter who had denied him. He made special effort to restore and forgive uh, Peter. He appeared to the disciples as they were walking on the Emmaus Road that day, that same day. A lot of appearances on that first day. That same night, he appeared to the apostles, the disciples, uh, when Thomas was not with them. And then a week later, he appears to the disciples again when Thomas is there. And then he went up to Galilee and he appeared to seven of his disciples that were fishing there on the Sea of Tiberias. Then he, a little bit later, he was in Galilee and he was on a mountainside teaching when he was with over 500 other believers. Wouldn't it have been great to be in a service like that with the resurrected Jesus? Well, I'll tell you, he's here today. He is present. He's alive. He is with us as believers. He appears um, on the Mount of Olivet. Uh, he he appears in Jerusalem and in Bethany. He appears to Paul in Damascus and Stephen and Paul again in the temple and in, in the Bible. At the end of the Bible, he appears to John on the island of Patmos when he's writing the book of Revelation. Jesus Christ is resurrected. Jesus Christ is alive. Praise his name. 
He makes himself known to people then, and he makes himself known to people now. That's an exciting thing about Easter. Honestly, it's the exciting thing about every Sunday. Uh, Honestly, it's the exciting thing about every single day. Jesus is alive. He is resurrected, and he brings his resurrection to us. John 20, our scripture, is such an incredible chapter. It's a a chapter that begins with a great question for all of us and ends with a great exclamation point. You know, the greatest question mark is the fact that Jesus, who was supposed to be the Messiah, was in a tomb. How could that happen? All his disciples are wondering and have scattered. The biggest exclamation point, though, in the history of the world is the fact that Jesus came back to life, that Jesus is alive and that the tomb uh, is empty. Uh, And that isn't something just for 2,000 years ago. That is for us today. He still takes our question marks and he turns them into exclamation points. Those things that we wonder about, the struggles that we have. Jesus has the ability to take the things that worry us, that concern us, that overwhelm us, and to bring us to a place of, of healing and transformation. As you look at this story, you notice how the empty tomb challenged first uh, Mary Magdalene. It tells us uh, in the scripture there that in chapter 20, verse 1, early on the first day of the week, While it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. Uh, Notice several little details that happen here. First detail is that it was early. Uh, You know, when when I was a kid, we came to this service at 6 a.m., Right? Some of you done that? You know, uh, well, I changed the name of this service from S-O-N, I mean S-U-N Rise to S-O-N Rise so I could get you here at 8 rather than 6 because some of y'all wouldn't have been here at 6. Uh, I'm pretty sure. But it was early in the morning. Uh, it was probably even before 6 o'clock. It was early. Um, and we get the picture of these women that come to the tomb. And the reason was, the tradition was that the Jews, uh, their Sabbath was on Saturday. And they had to wait till the Sabbath was over. So they got up early uh, in the morning on Sunday morning. So it says, second detail is it was on the first day uh, of the week. So it's on Sunday morning uh, that they gather there. Um, you know, that's a a small detail, but it's a very important detail. Uh, The Jewish people used to worship on Saturday as their Sabbath, but after Jesus was resurrected from the dead, Christians started meeting on Sunday morning. You wonder why we meet on Sunday? It's because every Sunday is a little Easter. Every Sunday is a celebration that Jesus is alive, where we come together uh, to celebrate him. But it really doesn't matter what day you worship him. You know, you can worship him on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Every day uh, we worship him, right? Uh, The Sabbath is a day that is set apart, but we worship him uh, every single day. Another detail you notice here is it says the stone had been removed. I think that's a very interesting word. Uh, You know, most of the time we hear and we sing these songs about the stone is what? Rolled away, right? And even on our on our play, you'll see that stone. Ro- well, Matthew says it was rolled away. Uh, John says it was removed, and that's a very interesting word because actually the word removed there means thrown aside. 
You know, I, I think it's pretty easy to make, the, you know, we, the, the idea of the stone rolling away and they rolled it in front of the tomb. But there were no men out there rolling that stone. Remember, the women say, who's going to move the stone from us? Well, thrown aside is like it was just kind of blown off its hinges, right? I mean, it's just like the spirit just, I, I, we don't do that in our plays. You know, we do the nice roll and roll, you know. But, uh, but maybe the, uh, however, that thing by the power of God, you know, it didn't matter how weighty it was. It just got blown off. Uh, that, that's what's happening there. So when that happens, it's thrown aside. You know, it's not thrown aside to let Jesus out. Jesus didn't need any help getting out. Uh, you remember the scene there? He's, he's wrapped in these grave clothes around him, and they're amazed because the grave clothes look like nobody, that somebody just came right out of them. You know, if you ever had to unwrap anybody like that, you, you don't, it didn't stay all connected together. Uh, but that's what was so amazing to them. They saw that, but the stone was rolled away to let us in, not to let him out, uh, to let us know that the tomb was empty. And that's really the distinctive of Christianity is the empty tomb. Any other religious leaders that have ever lived, you can go to their grave and somebody is buried there. But the tomb of Jesus is empty. We worship Jesus Christ. He's alive. And it's not a philosophy. It's Jesus Christ, our relationship with him because he's alive. It reminds me of one of my favorite little Easter stories is a story about this fifth grade Sunday school class. And there was a little boy in the class that was a special needs. He had Down syndrome. And so, you know, he got along pretty good with all those fifth grade boys. But you know how fifth grade boys can be sometimes. And they would pick on him and tease him about his little problems. And so one day the teacher was going to teach them about the resurrection. And so she gave them these little plastic eggs and said, okay, we're going to walk outside. And I want you to find something that makes you think about the resurrection of Jesus. And so some went out, one guy got a rock and he put in his and said, that means that the stone is rolled away. And somebody got some grass and said, that kind of means the kind of the garden where it all took place. And one had a butterfly and said, that's like new life. And I didn't Phil, Philip, the down syndrome boy, he came and they asked him to show his egg and he opened up and it was empty. And all the boys started laughing because they thought, well, he didn't understand what he was supposed to do. And he says, I did understand. He said, I'm telling you that the tomb is empty. Uh, this little boy, Philip, was uh, sick. And so it wasn't too long that he got quite a bit sicker. And uh, even during that school year, he ended up getting sick and passing away. Well, his whole fifth grade class showed up at his funeral service. And so when they got there, uh, they all walked up to the front and they had a little plastic egg that was empty and they laid it up on, on his casket as a reminder that the tomb was empty. And Philip knew that uh, for sure. Um, that, you know, we think about this tomb being empty, uh, recognizing the... Uh, the confusion that they had as the disciples, the under, you know, the truth is that maybe the first thing you think about with resurrection is not always hope. We think about that because we know the story well, but more often it was confusion and doubt or fear. That's, that's what they felt on that first morning. Uh, Mary shows up there and she thinks that the Romans have come and done something to the tomb or that they are mocking Jesus again uh, by taking his body. Or she thought that something had happened, that grave robbers maybe had come. Um, I mean, she's discouraged. She's overwhelmed. She's fearful. She's confused. All the disciples felt that way. Um, you know, that's, that's what happens to us. Sometimes it's not hope is the very first thing that we feel. 
maybe we think about the things that God wants to do to us and we're uncertain or we're doubtful. But the empty tomb is a reminder to us that God has overcome death and doubt and fear and confusion. Uh, Thomas was doubtful. The disciples were doubtful. That was their response. Notice what Mary says. Mary says, they have taken my Lord away. Sometimes, you know, she just couldn't see it. Sometimes we just can't see it and, and we struggle. So how do, how, did, how do you and I as believers see the truth of the resurrection? How do we see the resurrection power impacting our families, in, impacting our jobs, our personal life, our needs, our thought life, all those areas of our life? How, do, how does the resurrection impact your depression your worry, you, when, you, when you feel distracted. Don't you feel like sometimes, I just can't see it. I just can't see what needs to happen here. Mary teaches us that. When you get to the next section of Scripture, verse 3, it says, So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. You know, even, even these many years later, John wanted you to know that he ran faster than Simon Peter. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Maybe he's a little more in shape than him. I don't, I don't know about that. But he reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. That's what we'd expect of Peter, right? Rushing right in. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and what? Believed. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise uh, from the dead. Wow, it's striking. You know, you read that and it sounds like it just happened this morning, doesn't it? Uh, it's like you can see how positive and, and encouraging it is uh, to us as they, as they make their way here uh, to the tomb. What, what I want you to see this morning is that the resurrected Jesus gives us multiple things to help us really see what the resurrection means. One of the things that you and I need is that we need uh, evidence, right? We, we need evidence uh, for our minds to help us. Maybe there's some of you in this room here today that wonder, I don't know if all this is true. And maybe you've been wondering about it your whole life. I mean, there's a whole bunch of you in here that I don't have to convince today. But maybe, maybe there's one or two of you in here uh, that, that need to be reminded uh, of some of the evidence. Otherwise, you might think it was just made up. Uh, how do we know for real? I mean, anybody can make something up and say it. But when you say that, when I say that I believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, what makes that different from somebody just saying that? What makes the difference? Well, it's evidence and it makes a difference. Something happened at that tomb. Something amazing, something indescribable. This is such an impressive passage. Uh, notice that three different times this passage talks about seeing. Uh, verse 5 that we read said that first John came in and glanced in. So he kind of just took a look in to see what it's at. He's kind of just taking in the whole scene. Verse 6, it tells us that Simon Peter looked carefully. Uh, the word there is the word that we get our word theory from. So it's a Greek word that sounds a lot like theory. And what it's saying is that Peter is evaluating what is taking place there. And he's establishing in his own thinking a theory of what has happened. 
And then verse 8, it says that the disciple who had reached the tomb first went inside and he saw. What that means is he understood it. He intelligently comprehended uh, the truth. So the Bible tells us in three different ways how we can take the truth. I don't know how you look at faith in Christ. I don't know how you look at Jesus. Maybe you just kind of glance at him once in a while and haven't really fully embraced him. Maybe you're still trying to figure out what you believe about this Christ, what you believe. You know, I, I think there's something important that you showed up this morning uh, to come and, uh, and, and hear his voice and to see him. Or could it be? that you've seen him and you believe like John different ways that we can look at see what it is is that God wants you to get it God wants you to get it he wants you to see it he wants you to know the evidence um, you know some people think that faith in Jesus means that you stop thinking that you just take it for granted that you take it by faith uh, but you know we are thinking people right uh, we recognize one of the most amazing things to me is this historical record of um, the fact of Jesus' resurrection. You know, just like people know, you never met him, but you know George Washington was the president of the United States, right? Jesus Christ was risen from the grave. It's a historical record. Uh, there have been many people that have tried to decide they're going to disprove uh, that the resurrection was not true. And almost all of those people that have tried to disprove it, you know what happened to them? They became believers because they realized that the facts are overwhelming. Now, you might be thinking, I'm just, you know, I'm just blowing smoke today, but I'm telling you the truth. The historical record, the facts are clear that Jesus rose from the grave. Another, another fact that you see is the silence of these enemies. You know, it's amazing that if these people that wanted to kill Jesus, that wanted to shut down the Christian faith and all that, they could have shut it up by doing just one thing, produce the body. And that would have done it, right? But they couldn't do it. The silence of the enemies is powerful as they could not find this dead body because the tomb was empty. This empty tomb is the difference. The difference between reality and what is behind our faith, the difference is Jesus is really resurrected from the dead. It's not a philosophy. It's not a theory. It's not just something that we think about. It's not just some kind of religious belief that we have. It's accurate. And it, another thing that happened here is the difference in the disciples. You notice that? You notice how different these guys are? They gave their life. I mean, they couldn't even hang around while he was being crucified. But they ended up all giving their lives. You don't give your life for something fake. Uh, they knew it was true. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you one other thing. Uh, one other evidence is the change that has happened in me. Praise God. How many of you would say... The resurrection of Jesus, Jesus Christ being alive, him becoming my Savior, me seeing and understanding him has absolutely changed my life. Look at that. All around the room today. Such a transformation. Uh, I could give you long testimony. We could give testimony of that. Maybe that's a good thing to do on Easter Sunday is to give testimony to some people around you about what a difference the resurrection of Jesus, him being alive, has made in your heart. Now, we not only need evidence for our mind, but we need, secondly, answers for our heart. Answers for our heart. John 20, verse 10 says, Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? 
They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. You know, we, we long for answers. I mean, if I'm going to believe in the resurrected Lord and the difference that he's made in my life, I need answers for my heart. I need to see that difference in my life. And that's where it comes to Mary Magdalene. John had been the first to believe, but Mary was the first to see the resurrected Jesus. Uh, some people call this like the greatest recognition seen in all of time. Seeing Jesus Christ. She saw him unexpectedly. Seeing somebody that she didn't expect was a surprise to her. That that was nothing compared to the scene where we see it dawn on her that he is her hope. Uh, he is the one that is returned from the dead. She turns around and she sees Jesus, but she doesn't realize it's Jesus. Uh, and the question is, why not? Why didn't she realize who it was? Um, you know, he maybe had a different kind of body, a resurrected body, but he's still Jesus. Other people recognize him. Why didn't Mary? Well, I thought for at least two reasons. One was she's crying so hard. You know, she doesn't have a few little tears running down her cheeks. The, t the word for tears here is wailing. I mean, she, I mean, you imagine. I mean, you come there to mourn. You're already tearful coming to the grave. And now something's happened to the body of the one that you loved. And the, uh, the, everything is confusing and messed up. And the second thing was that her focus was all messed up. You know what? She was, she was not going to that grave looking for the living Jesus. She was looking for a dead body. She was looking for, uh, for something that she didn't, she didn't fully understand. I mean, her focus uh, was all messed up. She was not looking for the living Christ. I mean, the, the, the thing that she saw there, she's peering in this empty tomb to find the resurrected Lord, and he's standing right there giving her hope. You know, you notice that we don't worship the empty tomb. You know, we, don't, we, we worship the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't worship a tomb. We don't worship a place. I mean, I've been to the place where they, uh, they say that the tomb was, and I've been to a place that they say looks like the, the tomb there, and I can show you pictures of all that, but I'm telling you, you don't have to go there. You don't ever have, because Jesus Christ is, we don't worship that empty tomb. We worship Christ, the Savior. Uh, it's inevitable. Here's Mary, because of her tears and her focus, she didn't see it. She didn't understand it, uh, but she was able uh, to see Christ and to recognize uh, uh, that, that he was her savior. Uh, he asked her two questions. I always notice how Jesus asks us questions, right? Uh, you might have a lot of questions for Jesus, but he has questions for you as well. He asked a question of Mary. Question number one, why are you crying? Good question. Mary's heart is facing what she feels like is a tragedy. She's seen him on the cross. She's seen him die. She's seen him taken to the tomb and buried. And now three days later, the body's stolen, she thinks. And because of that, she's hurt. She's crying. She's crying out. Uh, her heart is broken. You know, Christ, Christ knows you when you're hurting and when you're crying. Aren't you glad he shows up in the saddest moments, in our difficult moments, when we're discouraged or broken or our bodies aren't working or our minds aren't working right or circumstances aren't going like we want them to. 
Aren't you glad that he, don't you think he spoke it with such compassion to her? You know, he's not reprimanding her. He's offering, he's, he's wanting to come to her in the midst of her hurt. Jesus is just like that with us. He reminds us that he cares. He's compassionate. He listens. Uh, he cares about the things that hurt, uh, hurt us. He then asked her a second question. Uh, why, uh, who are you seeking? Who are you seeking? Um, I recognize that he is trying to get her to be able to see who he is. I remember this story of, um, you remember Martin Luther. Martin Luther was like the one that started the Lutheran faith. And uh, Martin Luther was a great theologian, uh, you know, the Protestant Reformation and all that. Um, one day, um, Luther was really depressed and sad, and he wasn't getting along with anybody. He just felt overwhelmed. And so his wife was watching him. His wife was uh, aware of what was going on with him. And so about three days, this has been going on. And so she comes in that morning, and she's dressed all in black like she's going to a funeral. And he says, where are you going? Who died? And she said, well, I think God died. And now he's all stirred up. You know, he's... Uh, God can't die. And he, she said, well, I haven't been able to tell the last three days. The way you've been acting, I thought God must have died. Uh, that's kind of an interesting story. I don't really like that story because I've been like that. Haven't you? You spend some days or some months where you're just wandering along and you're in depression and you're discouraged and things aren't going like you want them to go and you're living life like he's still in the tomb. He is risen. And he is risen on your saddest, most difficult day. Whatever you're dealing with, Jesus Christ is alive. Not just on Easter Sunday when we celebrate him, but even when nobody else seems to care, there he is. Why are you crying? Who are you looking for? Um, we rejoice in that. But the Bible shows us God loves to ask questions. He asked, he asked Adam a question. You remember that? Adam had sinned with Eve, and now he's saying, where are you? He knew he was hiding over in the bushes, but that wasn't the point of the question. He's asking him where, where he is in his heart, where he is in his life. Uh, God asked us those kind of questions. Mary listened to those questions, and she began to hear and understand what was happening, and it turned her vision to where she could see the risen Savior. And that's really the last thing that we need. We need a relationship that impacts our soul. We need a relationship uh, for our soul. The, the verses there uh, remind us that G that Jesus saw her. She recognized it was the Lord. She saw that it was him. She turns her attention and says, I recognize you, Lord. She saw the Lord for who he was. And then Jesus turns around and recognizes her, says, you recognize me, Lord, because he called her name Mary. You know, do you ever have times in your life where you don't recognize that it's the Lord? I bet you do. Sometimes people will say, I was so lucky that it happened. There's no luck. That I was just so fortunate. I can't believe that car missed me. I can't believe that I didn't get hit by that car that ran the red light. How lucky was I today? It's not luck. 
Sometimes, well, it's fate. There's no such thing as fate. God is present with us. God, he does things in our lives, in our minds, in our hearts, and he helps us. Mary mistook him for the gardener, and, but Jesus wouldn't let it happen that way. She says, I'm, I'm the Savior. You know, he calls us by name. He called Mary by name. I love that. He knows your name. He knows, he knows Kim and Deb and Gloria and Bill and Bill and Ed and Kathy. He, he knows all of our names. I could go on, right? Uh, all of our names. He knows. How would it feel for Jesus Christ to call your name today? To call you and to recognize that he not only sees that you can know him, but that he knows you. He goes, you know, I noticed the first thing, he doesn't come out of the grave preaching theology. He comes out of the grave, and the first thing he says that we know of is Mary. Mary, he calls her name, one of his devoted followers. It's a name that she had heard many times. It's the name that she had heard when Jesus cast the demons out of her life, when he called her out of a life of sin. She heard it again and again as he taught her along with the other disciples and other followers day after day. It took on new meaning, though. She recognized Jesus, and Jesus spoke to her. Here's the point. The resurrection moves from being a historical event to a personal event when you hear Jesus call your name. He doesn't just save the world. He saves us personally, individually. He calls our name. It's something personal. It's something real. I mean, if Jesus spoke your name, what would that sound like? I mean, if Jesus came into your life right now and spoke your name, what would it sound like? Just, that's what he's doing this morning, calling out your name. Man, he spoke Mary with tenderness, with power, with compassion. Uh, uh, what, what, do, what do you need to hear this morning? If, you're, if you have doubt and confusion and you came to this service this morning, thank you for being here. But I want you to know Jesus knows your name. He knows exactly where you are. Uh, I've never heard him speak it audibly, but I've heard him in my spirit say it over and over again. Just because we have this relationship with him, we need a relationship that meets the need of our soul. Jesus said, verse 20, chapter 20, verse 17, do not hold on to me, he said, for I have not as yet ascended to my father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my father and your father, my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. I, I'm just amazed that the, the first people that come and talk to him or how important the women were in this story. You know, once in a while, I'll hear somebody on TV or some kind of debate that they love to say how the Bible is sort of chauvinistic, that it was these men that said all these. Aren't you glad that he spoke to the women? You know, if women had wrote it, I mean, men had wrote it the way that men wanted it, they wouldn't have put the woman at the garden there to be in the first one, Right. I love that. I love the beauty and the faith of women in our life, in our church, uh, in our ministry here. Praise God for that. Uh, it's kind of a, you can, you can see the concern he has. And the last thing he does here is he speaks to them. He calls them his brothers. Go instead uh, to my brothers. You know, the, the resurrection of Jesus Easter morning is such a family event, isn't it? Uh, we are brothers and sisters together uh, in Christ. Ha have you seen him? Have you heard him call your name? You know, one of the songs we sing at Easter is, He Lives. I serve a risen Savior. 
He's in the world today. I know that he is living whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives. He lives. Salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. Praise him. We'll just stand together. We're going to sing this in a moment. But um, before we sing, I'd love just for us to pray together. If you're here this morning... I hope that your heart is filled with celebration if you know Christ as your Savior, that you would celebrate him and hear him call out your name. But if you're in this service today and you really had not got it quite all figured out, um, be, be like the disciple who heard it, saw it, saw what happened, and the Bible said he saw and he believed. You know, right where you are this morning, you can say in your heart, I believe, and begin to let him bring about the transformation in your life that he has brought into the life of so many others. He walks with me. He talks with me. He is present with us. He is the living Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you so much for your presence here today. Thanks for the incredible scripture and eyewitness from John who is telling us the truth and how all of the historical record and the evidence is overwhelming and the changed lives. And thank you that you do live today. Lord, I pray that every person that's watching on live stream, every person that's sitting in this sanctuary would know that Jesus is alive and that just as you met Mary in that tomb and called her name, you meet us on this Easter morning and you call our name. And if we are willing, you are our savior. You are our life transformation. You are the one that has made all the difference. And we can't keep silent. We won't keep silent. We praise you, oh God. Jesus is alive. He lives. All praise to you. We sing it in celebration of who you are in us, Lord. We thank you. We praise you together for this Easter morning. In Jesus' name, let's sing together. I serve a risen Savior. Just the time I need him, he's always near. Come on, he lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to So 
nation to impart. You as God's chosen witnesses to proclaim all that you have heard and seen and experienced. We go forth in the name of the risen Christ. We go forth sustained and encouraged by God's steadfast love. We go forth transformed and transforming. We go forth with shouts of joy. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Happy Easter. God bless you all.